Welcome to the Falk Salem Podcast. Each month we'll bring you a mix of operational announcements and clinical pieces to keep you up to speed. Through our monthly podcasts, our goal is to put the tools and education right in the palm of your hand. By keeping you up to date, we hope that we can empower you to continue bringing exceptional medical care to the city of Salem and beyond. Any and all material we release has been edited to comply with HIPAA standards. Hi everyone, today I'm here to talk about an important medication. This medication is frequently used to help control seizures in people over a month old. This medication has many forms, including tablets, liquids, and IVs. The medication I'm talking about today is Keppra. Now, Keppra is classified as an anticonvulsant. It has an interesting mechanism of action that's not completely understood, but mostly understood. But we do know what it's like in that it helps reduce the number of seizures that a person can have, which will ultimately improve a person's quality of life. Keppra was first approved in the United States in 1999, and it's been available via IV since 2006. Well, before we dive too deep into Keppra, let's have a quick refresher course on seizures. Epilepsy, it's a chronic condition that's characterized by recurrent, unprovoked epileptic seizures. Epileptic seizures are the clinical manifestation, including symptoms and signs of an abnormal, excessive, or hypersynchronous electrical discharge of the neurons in the brain. So, that means that a seizure is a symptom Epilepsy, it's a condition. It can't be considered a disease because it can be caused by many different types and ways. Epilepsy may be genetic or could be the result of a variety of brain problems, including like head trauma, strokes, vascular malformations, or congenital brain malformations. The most widely used classification is by the International League Against Epilepsy in 1981. They divide seizures into those that are partial and those are, that are generalized. Partial seizures are ones in which the first clinical and electrographic changes suggest initial activation limited to part of one cerebral hemisphere. Partial seizures are further subdivided into simple partial, complex partial, and partial becoming generalized. Simple partial seizures are those where awareness and responsiveness are completely preserved. Complex partial seizures involve at least one alteration or responsiveness or in awareness. Secondarily, generalized seizures can start either as simple partial or complex partial, but then spread to the whole brain and most often manifest towards their later part with generalized tonic-clonic seizures activity. Generalized seizures are those in which the first clinical changes indicate initial involvement of both hemispheres. Usually they won't remember it, um, except for myoclonic seizures, which are brief, altered mental status, and sometimes you can see it, sometimes you can't. Motor manifestations are bilateral and generalized seizures include generalized absence, generalized monoclonic, generalized tonic, and generalized tonic-clonic, and generalized atonic seizures. 
Since most patients have either partial seizure types or generalized seizure types, the two main subdivisions in each classification are partial, which are focal, local, or localized relative epilepsies, and general epilepsies. Each of these major categories are subdivided into epilepsies that are idiopathic and most likely are genetic or related to some sort of brain injury or insult. In general, idiopathic epilepsies respond better to treatment than symptomatic epilepsies. Research has revealed several unique mechanisms for the anticonvulsant effects of Keppra. Keppra has been shown to affect the GABA turnover and decrease levels of the amino acid taurine in the hippocampus with no effect to other amino acids. Other reports have also suggested that the mechanisms of anti-epileptic and neuroprotective agents and actions of Keppra seem to be mediated in part through the combination of inhibitory effects on depolarization-induced and calcium-induced calcium-release-associated neurotransmitter releases. The effects of Keppra on calcium channels have been widely studied. Keppra is also reported to modulate the presynaptic voltage-dependent calcium channel to reduce glutamate release in the dentate gyrus. This is the area of the hippocampus that regulates seizure activities. Keppra has been reported to inhibit neurotransmitter release via intracellular inhibition of presynthetic calcium channels. On top of that, sympathetic vessel protein 2, SV2, is a 12 transmembrane integral protein present at all synaptic sites. It consists of three forms, 2A, 2B, and 2C. The SV2A isoform is the most common, 2B is brain specific, and 2C is the minor brain form. SV2 proteins have been identified as a way of acting as a transporter for calcium and ATP. SV2A has also been shown to interact with the presynthetic protein synaptotagamin, which is considered the calcium sensor for regulation of calcium-dependent exocytosis of synaptic vessels. SV2A is involved in controlling exocytosis of neurotransmitter-containing vesicles. SV2A it's not essential for synthetic transmission, but a knockout of SV2A in mice showed seizures. So SV2A ligands can protect against seizures, but the effects on somatic release mechanisms are still being studied. Also, SV2 has been identified as a likely target for Keppra. Studies have shown that the brain distribution of Keppra binding sites match the equivalent distribution of SV2A. The studies have shown that SV2A is actually the binding site for Keppra in the brain. Because of this, Keppra interaction with SV2A is the leading mechanism of its anti-seizure action. In 2014, a meta-analysis was done was done by Isari and Chauvron, and they found that Keppra was effective for terminating benzodiazepine-resistant status epileptic in almost 70% of cases. This rate is comparable to phenobarbital and valproate. A pilot study of Keppra 
compared lorazepam as a first-line agent for early status epilepticus and found that the two medications were pretty effective in terminating seizures within 10 minutes. And patients who received Keppra had less respiratory depression. However, this was a small study and it's non-blinded, so take this with a grain of salt. Right now, benzodiazepines are still currently considered the first-line agents in status epilepticus. Keppra is used in children over one month of age to treat partial onset seizures. It's used for over six years of, of age for tonic-clonic seizures and 12 years old and above when used to treat myoclonic seizures. In children from one month to six months of age, the daily dose is 14 milligrams per kilogram per day and can increase to the point where you get your desired effect. In children from 6 months to 16 years, the dose can increase up to 20 milligrams per kilo per day. This dose continues to increase depending on age and size until the correct dose is achieved. For anyone over 16 years of age, the daily dose can be almost uh, 1,000 milligrams per day. The best piece about Capra is that it starts as an IV dose and can be switched to an oral dose. The oral dose comes in two forms, tablets and liquids. Keppra is readily and almost completely absorbed after oral administration. A person can be prescribed a certain form of Keppra depending on the severity of their symptoms and ability to ingest the medication. Only variations that will be seen with administration of Keppra is the amount of renal impairment they may have. There's this whole equation that you can use to determine the amount of Keppra administered based on creatinine levels. Most people that are on Keppra have some side effects. The first two are somnolence and fatigue. Somnolence and fatigue are seen in about 15% of patients taking Keppra. After this, about 3.4% of patients experience some coordination problems. These included gait abnormalities and ataxia. The biggest piece associated with Keppra is the possibility of withdrawal seizures. If the medication is stopped too quickly, or you didn't step down the medication, it has the ability to cause increased seizures. Because of this, your doctor needs to be alerted if you're having problems with this medication. It allows both of you to manage the dosage of Keppra without having too many side effects. Keppra can be prescribed to patients who are pregnant. In about the third trimester, Keppra levels have been shown to decrease. Because of this, a doctor may change the dosage of Keppra if the benefit outweighs the risk. However, there have been some studies done in mice that show some developmental problems with a fetus when oh, the mother is taking Keppra. Because of this, Keppra is considered a category C drug with pregnancy. When it comes to nursing, Keppra is excreted in human milk. Though this can be seen at lower levels. The best piece when it comes to Keppra is that it has a minimal interaction with other medications. Because of this, a lot of patients on Keppra can also be on other medications such as birth control, digoxin, warfarin, and many others without having much of a complication. Keppra is an important drug and it's used today to help treat and reduce seizures. 
This drug has changed the way that patients are treated in regards to epilepsy. In today's medicine, it's used frequently to help patients live alive with reduced number of seizures. As science continues to study the effects of Keppra, it may become more popular in treatment of seizures. Since it's such a widely used medication, I encourage each of you to study up on Keppra. As always, everyone, have a fantastic day and enjoy this summer weather. Thanks for listening to the Falk Salem podcast. We welcome any feedback you may have, or if you have suggestions for future content, please send an email to Nicholas, that's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, dot vaneps v-a-n-e-p-p-s at falc.com thank you for all your hard work and have a safe shift